I want to say that the past 24 hours for me uh, has, has been, or the past two to three days has been very, very uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, not that anything bad or unique happened, uh, bad or, or anything like that has happened. But the fact of the matter is that there are just times that God arrests you. And begins to begins to speak to you things, begins to share with you things, begins to open up things to you, begins to allow you to 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 understand some things, uh, begins to remind you of some things. I was thinking, I was thinking on Saturday how that there were there are pastors and evangelists and ministers all over the world that were getting ready to preach on Sunday. And the thought came to my mind, you know, a lot of the times we're, as ministers of the gospel, we're, we're frantic and we're anxious that if we can just discover that new word that we can, uh, that we can bring to the congregation, that we can bring, uh, that we can bring to the people. Um, and, and you've heard me say this before. Some, you know, we got ministers, we got preachers, we got pastors, and what they try to do is they try to out-revelate each other uh, and, and to discover if I can just get that, you know, if I can just give them that fresh word, if I can just give them that new word, something that they've never heard before. But I got to thinking on Saturday night, what if, what if really what God is calling us to do as ministers of the gospel it sometimes is just to remind the people of what God has already spoken. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and so I got to, so from that I begin to begin to thinking about that. And then on on Monday and on Tuesday, the Lord has really just begun to deal with me concerning some things that we have uh, have have already uh, have probably have heard in our. Uh, in our Christian and our Christian walk, as a matter of fact, you know, I've had people in the churches that I've been to, the churches that I have preached in as an evangelist, and uh, that have come up to me and have, you know, and have and have said at times, I don't, I don't know why you're preaching that. We've already heard that, and my response is already simple: being this. Now, I'm just being honest with you. I've been here a year. If you haven't already uh, known, you know, I just, I, I make really no apologies about what the book says um, and what God has spoken to us. And so, and I've always, and so usually my response to that has always been that, that until you have learned to follow the previous command that God has given you, God is not going to speak a new word into your life. Amen. Uh, and so we've got to learn, we've got to learn to take hold of We've got to learn to take hold of what we have, of what God has already spoken to us, before He gives us fresh insight, before He gives us fresh revelation. And so, really, what I have come here tonight with, I have come here tonight with every intention of going back to the Book of John. As a matter of fact, I told you last week that that uh, that tonight we would we would dive into John three sixteen, um, and the Holy Spirit will not allow me to do that. Uh, will not allow me to do that tonight. And so uh, if the Lord will allow me next week, I'm going to try my very best to do that. But for the past two days, 
The Lord has drawn me to a passage of Scripture, one passage of Scripture, that I have not been able to get away from. And this is the charge that I have been given of the Lord. I have been given a command of the Lord to come here and to remind the people. That's what I have been, that's what I have been sent here tonight. That's what I feel like that my assignment with the aid of the Holy Spirit has been, has been tonight. And so... I want to share that with you. And so God has given me one verse of scripture and then I'm going to talk to you tonight about it. Hebrews 13 and 5. Brother Jacob, if you will put up the New King James Version of that up. And I want us to look at this one passage of scripture. And then once we read this out of the New King James Version, I like what the Amplified Version says. And I want to read that. Uh, and we're going to read that as well. But Hebrews 13 and 5, the, uh, the writer of Hebrews is writing, and he writes this one simple uh, reminder to the people. And he says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Because listen to this. He says, for he himself, speaking of Jesus, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so I want to read what the Amplified Version says. So if you'll put that up there, Brother Jacob, I want us to read that if we have it. The Amplified Version of Hebrews 13 and 5. He says, let your character or moral deposition be free from the love of money. Including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give up or give you up. Nor leave you without support. And I like this. I will not. I will not. I will not. In any degree. Leave you helpless. Nor forsake you. Nor let you. Down. Relax my hold. On you. Absolutely. Not. So I want to talk to you tonight simply on this thought. God is faithful. His presence is with us. Amen? Amen. You see, I, I want you to understand that God's dependability doesn't change. The writer of Hebrews or the writer in Psalms chapter 145 and verse 13. The writer in Psalms says, The Lord is trustworthy and all His promises and faithful and all He does. God is faithful. When we think of the word faithful, more than likely, pictures and things come to our mind of something or someone who is 
that is the picture of faithfulness. I think, uh, when I think of faithfulness, my mind automatically goes to, to uh, Yellowstone National Park, to what is described, the, the, uh, the geyser there that is nicknamed Old Faithful. Because you can set your watch by that at a certain time every day. And, and the same amount of intervals that geyser is going to go off. I, I, think of, of my, I think of my family, more importantly, as I was writing all this and I was, and I was putting it all together today, I was, I, my mind just happened to think of, and I'm going to reminisce here just for a second, of, of, my, of, of my aunt and my uncle, my dear Uncle Pete and my and, and my aunt Peggy, who has since gone away and has and has gone on to be with the Lord, that they were a picture of faithfulness to each other. Married for almost for almost fifty years, they were together. And, I, and how he would get up every morning, and she would already be be fixing breakfast, and it would never fail. Even when I would go and I would spend the summers with them, or I would go and I would see them over the summer months, that he would he would never fail. He would walk into the kitchen as soon as as soon as he got a shower and got ready for work, and he would he would he would kiss her on the forehead, and he said, and he would always say, "I love you, Peggy Ann." And then he would go to work, and then he would come back. He would come home from uh, from lunch and and eat lunch with her. And when he would get up and get ready to leave to go back to work, he would kiss her on the forehead again and say, "I love you, Peggy Ann." And for as long as I can remember, that routine never changed. It was a picture of faithfulness because for years you wouldn't see one without the other. I got to sometimes I, I got to thinking of individuals that who are faithful and serve and attend in their local churches, and there are people that that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Pastor, that and when the church doors are open, they're going to be in the house of God. It doesn't matter. You could you couldn't stop them from being in the house of God. They're not. They weren't looking for an excuse why not to be in church. They were the types of people that if you could call on them and anything that you needed done. They would be the ones that would do it. I think of missionaries who would who, who would who would who would sell their possessions and would go overseas and without without guarantee of anything to fulfill the call of God on their life. I, I reminisce of some other things in uh, in my family's life and and my dad when when I was just a little when I was just a, 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 a little kid we. We had this dog, and her, and her name was Mosey. And I'll never forget, that was the most beloved dog that my dad, in my opinion, that my dad ever had. That dog could climb trees. And, uh, and every time that dad came home from work, that dog was at the door. It was like, like that dog knew that at 5 o'clock every day that dad was going to be walking through the door. And he was faithful. And everywhere that dad went, that, that dog followed him. And i never forget, there's only just a handful of times in my life that I remember that I remember ever seeing my dad cry. And one of those moments was when that dog had to die. And so, and I'm beginning to thinking about that. I'm thinking about the pictures of faithfulness that 
I remember, the things that, that I witnessed with my own eyes. Now, unfortunately, we don't always have bright ideas about faithfulness or fond memories about faithfulness. Because to be unfaithful means that somebody is unpredictable in their character. That they're wishy-washy, that they're unreliable. I, I, we, we, we know people like that. And we know people that sometimes we don't know whether or not they're coming or going. We don't know, we don't know where they stand. I'm going to tell you, as, as a minister of the gospel, and I'm sure as a, 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 as, as a pastor and what have you, some, one of the greatest things is there, honestly, there are some people, we don't know whether or not if they're going to show up to church or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they may be here, they may not be here. They may, they, you know, they may find something better else to do with their time instead of being in the house of God. Some people may, they, they may say, and then it, we may have people that we know, they may say that they'll do something. They may help us out with a task. Or they may, they, they say that they may be there for us. And honestly, we know. We don't know if they're going to be there. We don't know if they're going to be. It, it may be a 50-50. We may be a 50-50 thing. And the apostle James wrote, and he talked about people who were wishy-washy. He talked about people who were unfaithful. He talked about people who were, as he would describe as being double-minded. That were either up one day or down the next. And he said, actually, those people, you don't need, those people shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. Because even though that God is faithful, they haven't been. Right. You see, even in some countries of the world... Electricity is not at all reliable. If you are living in those countries, there is no guarantee that your electrical appliance that you, that you may be using won't, won't, uh, won't suddenly stop working. I know that in, in India, one of my friends that runs a missionary over in India, that their electricity is set on, on timers. And at certain parts during the day or at certain parts during the week, they know that that's when the electricity is going to be on. But it's not like us where, where we can Consider that a convenience. And so a lot of the times, one of the things that I was thinking about today is we panic when the electricity gets cut off because of a storm or what have you. Man, when, when we had our hurricanes come through down through central Florida and the power lines got blown down and the electricity got turned off, you would have you would have thought that Armageddon was getting ready to was getting ready to happen because because we, we because we're, we're not used we're 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 our faith is in the fact that when we hit the light switch that it's going to be faithful that it is going to come on and if it did go out for an extended period of time we become annoyed and inconvenienced because our whole lives are lived utterly dependent upon the power that we need being constantly available to operate through the day my goodness I can preach right there I can preach right there on the need for the Holy Spirit that we ought to become annoyed when we flip the switch and we can't feel the power of God in our lives. We ought to be annoyed when we come into the house of God and we don't feel the presence of God like we used to. And when we feel that lukewarmness and we don't feel, if I can use it this way, the electricity of the Spirit of God flowing through us. But here is the thing. Even though we may experience times where things are not dependable, here's the thing. People are not dependable. The thing 
is, is that if you rely on me, there are going to be times I'm going to let you down. There are going to be times that I'm going to disappoint you. There are going to be times that I'm going to frustrate you. There are going to be times that I'm going to make you mad. There are going to be times I'm going to make you happy. There are going to be times that I make you sad. There are going to be times that I make you proud. But here's the thing. God is always dependable because He doesn't change. God doesn't change based on circumstances. God doesn't change based on feeling. God doesn't change based on the political landscape. God doesn't change based on what the weather is doing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's time that the church once again understands that He said, I am with you. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, and he says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. To be faithful means that that the person is trustworthy. He is steadfast. He is unfailing. He is dependable. He is reliable. He is consistent. He is honest. And He is true. Simply put, God is faithful means He will not fail you. He will not leave you. He will not disappear on you. The, 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 the young generation in, in, their, in their cell phone ages and stuff like that, we call it being ghosted. Meaning that you know, when we send a text to somebody, all of a sudden they just disappear. We don't hear anything from them anymore. The young people call that being ghosted. You ghosted me. That's, that is what it means. But God will never do that to us. God will never. As a matter of fact, He told Jeremiah, He said, call unto me. He said, and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. And I want to tell you tonight, church, we've got to understand. We may look at all of our situations. We may look at everything that we're facing. We may look at everything that we're going through. But I want to tell you tonight, if you can't depend on anybody else, if you feel like everybody else has let you down, if you feel like in the middle of your trial that you don't know what you're going to do right now, I want to let you know something. God promised, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. We've got to understand that. God will be faithful to accomplish His purposes for your life. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalms chapter 57 verses 2 and verse 3. He says, I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth His unfailing love and faithfulness. He will be faithful. Paul writes in Philippians 1 and 6, he says, I am confident. I am assured. I am steadfast in this. That He who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. See, here's the thing that we've got to understand. My goodness, I, I feel 
this Wednesday night here. I want to let you know something. It is God that has started the work. It is God that has started the work in you. He has started the work in me. That's the reason why we say that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the author. He is the one that begins it. And he is the one that perfects it. And so somehow or another, and I know that it's tough in Pentecostal churches to, to, to at times to grasp this and to put our head around and to wrap our minds around this. Because even when I was growing up, we were all, I was always taught growing up, well, if you didn't do it, if you didn't do it, if you didn't do it, then, then you were going to fail God somehow. And I realized, I realized from, from a very young age as a Christian, at 16 years of age, that it ain't up to me to do it. It's up for the Holy Spirit to do its work in me. And my only job, my only job in this whole thing, are you ready? You only have one, you only have one obligation in, in, in God's work in your life. Are you ready? Your obligation to God in this work is just to simply yield. All you've got to do is yield. And, oh my goodness. I, 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 I know people. I know people when they when they don't when they don't feel when they feel like that they don't feel the presence of God or they feel like that God has forsaken them. Immediately they begin to think about well well what did I do wrong? What and because because I thought that if, that if I did everything right, if I read my Bible every day, if I prayed every day, if I fasted, if I gave, if I did all those things, then then then, then surely I would be feeling the presence of God all the time. I want to tell you there are times that you will go through even when you do all that, that it will seem like that God is a million miles away from you. And there'll still be times, there'll still be times in your life that it will seem like that all hell has come against you. And the enemy would like to think that you didn't do enough. I know people right now that that would say, well, I just I just gotta pray hard. I just gotta pray hard. If I just pray hard, I can get rid of this. I, 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 get, I can get rid of this. I can, I can feel close to God. If you have the whole oh my goodness, I'm I'm feeling good. If you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can't get any closer right. to God. Well, I feel far away from him. Call on him. And he will answer you and show you great and mighty things. So he is the one. I said all that to say this. He is the one that completes it. Your job is to simply to yield into his hand. To yield and to become pliable into it. You see, God will be faithful to keep his promises to you. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Yes, glory. He who promised is faithful. So if he promises you something, you can take it to the bank. Right. It's not empty promises. Right. Psalms 145 and verse 13 says, 
The Lord is trustworthy in all His promises and faithful at all He does. The entire Christian life is based on and lived by faith that God will be faithful to fulfill everything that He has said to do. I know that we are sitting here and I know that God has made promises in our lives. I may not even know half the story and that's okay. But the fact of the matter is is that when God establishes a promise, when God told you I'll be with you, when God said, if you go through the fire, I'll be with you. When God says that I, that I will protect you. When God said, I'll heal you. When God said, I'll deliver you. When God said, I'll give you peace. You've got to understand that He is faithful through all of that. Because He, His word said so. You see, here's a little advice. When you're not feeling God's presence. And see, that's. That's the thing that I'm just going to be honest with you. I have a hard time dealing with. Because in a lot of church services, we've reduced the presence of God to how we feel. And if we feel down, well then the presence of God must not be. That's the reason why in a lot of churches that I've been into, when they walk through the door, they're hoping that the people up here have something that they can do to make these people out here feel good. And if the congregation is walking in hoping that, that the choir or the praise team can do something that will make them feel good, then worship is all out of whack. Because, let me just add this in here as we're talking about feelings. Worship is not about me. Worship is not about you. If you make you the center of worship, then can we just stand some hard, can we just stand something difficult? To hear at times, some people have a difficult time hearing this. If we make us the center of worship, we have committed idolatry. Amen. That's the reason. Everybody likes steak. I've learned this. Everybody likes steak until you eat their sacred cow. Everybody likes steak until you eat their sacred cow. And what I have Learned what it, and, and I've had to go through this. I'm not preaching to you or teaching to you anything that I haven't had to experience in my own walk with God. Because you're talking to a man that would walk into a church and if they were singing something off the wall, I would condemn every single one of them to hell. Right. And if it didn't come out of the red back hymnal, then then they were then then they were heathen. People, they were heretics. Because how dare they sing something different? But what I failed to realize is that I was putting myself at the center of it all. When really the object of our worship should be Him. Glory. Hallelujah. And so when we talk about well, I don't feel the presence of God, I don't feel, I don't feel Him near. He didn't move. 
that we have set up ourselves in place of God. But here's what I've also learned. Is that when we don't, when we say that we don't feel the presence of God. And can I just be honest with you? More often than not in my own life, I don't feel God. I'm just being honest with you. There are times in my life, more often than not, I don't feel God. But what I do know is I do know what he has said. And that is more than my feelings. Because my feelings are going to be fickle. As a matter of fact, I have prayed many times, Lord, and I've had, I've had people fall out with me over this. I said, Lord, deliver me from my emotions. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that I want to be emotionless. But what I meant by that is I said, Lord, do not allow my emotions to overrule what I know you have already said to be true. Because What's going to happen is there's going to be times you don't feel like praising Him. But you ought to praise Him anyway. There's going to be times that you don't feel like praying. Pray anyway. There's going to be times you don't feel like giving. Give anyway. There's going to be times that you're going to, that, that you're going to feel like not reading your Bible. Read anyway. Because he has already said, I'm already there. I'm already with you. And even though at times you may be going through something and you don't feel me, you've got to know I am with you. We've got to remind ourselves that even in the darkest moments of all of that, even when we don't feel God's goodness or his presence, go back. And think of his promises. God will be faithful to love and to never leave you. David said, where can I go? And where can I flee from your presence? He said, if I ascend up into heaven, you're there. He said, even if I make my bed in hell. Behold, that art there. I know people have said, you know, what really makes hell hell is the fact that God's not there and that his presence is not there. That's not what the book says. The book says that even if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. He said, if I decide, if I try to, to, to take to fly on the wings of the eagles and try to escape your presence, there's nowhere that I can go. That there's nowhere that I can go to escape your presence. So I want to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter where you find yourself at. It doesn't matter where, what is going through in your life. I want to tell you God's presence is with you. Listen, I am so thankful that our president talked to you that signed the thing and talked about prayer in school. But I want to tell you, I didn't need a president's declaration to tell me that I could go into a school and pray. Because when, when, my, when my foot steps down on, in the property, everywhere the sole of my foot is, the presence of God is with me. And I can go right into the mouth of hell. I can go right into anywhere where the devil thinks that he has 
me, is around me, and anywhere I go, God goes with me. Amen. We've got to understand that. We've got to bring that back to our remembrance. And I know that there are times that it seems rough. There are times that it would feel like that even God doesn't love us. But Psalms 100 verse 5, the psalmist is writing, he says, The Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His faithfulness continues. It doesn't go out. It doesn't go away. He doesn't become less faithful because you messed up. And here's the thing. The bottom line is this. At some point, at some time or another, you are going to mess up. And you are not going to be all that God wants you to be. I'm not, and you're not. But here's the thing. Now that doesn't mean that we ought to strive, that we ought to strive any less than what God has commanded us to be. But here's the thing. Somehow we think that because of that, that God loves us any less. I'm going to be honest with you. Some situations I don't handle the right way. Some of my reactions, the things that happen in my life, shouldn't be the reactions that I have. Oh, I'm just being, I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just, I'm just being honest. And I'm just, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you right now. There are times that when somebody makes me mad, that you, know, that I, you, know, that I wish that the Holy Spirit was right there guarding my mouth. <laughs> And instead, you know, it's like, Holy Spirit, can you just wait right there for a second? And then let me, let me deal, let me deal with this. Let, let, let me deal with this. And so, and it's during, listen, and it's during those times that, that the enemy will come perch on your shoulder. Oh, yeah. And will say, well, look at that. Thought you were saved. Right. Thought you were thought you were a Christian. Oh, and by the way, you so and so that was standing over the corner just saw you do that. And what type of witness do you think that you were just to do? And you know what begins to happen? The condemnation sets up. See there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Yeah. That's the reason why that that's the reason why Paul would write in Hebrews chapter 8, he says that there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I wish I, I wish I had an hour to go through that entire chapter and tell you what that chapter is all about. Because we think, and it wasn't until about six months ago. About six months to a year ago, that the Lord 
showed me something about that complete chapter that is the spirit that does all the work. But I don't have time to get into all that. I wish I did. But here's the thing. Condemnation comes from the enemy. And here's what I've had to learn about the faithfulness of God. That because I may have messed up, or because I may be in a dark place in my life through trials. See, there's, I, you know, some of us have come through some horrible situations. And the enemy would like to come and sit on your shoulder and say, well, if he really loved you, if he was really as faithful as he says, that wouldn't have happened. And the enemy will try for us to doubt the faithfulness of God. Because if we can doubt the faithfulness of God, here's what I have learned. If the enemy can't get you to backslide, he'll make you the most miserable Christian sitting in your church. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. I've been in a lot of churches where there were saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled Christians sitting on the pew, but they were some of the most miserable people. Right. But if you will recall the faithfulness of God, yes. if you will recall the faithfulness of God, His love doesn't change. See, we've bought into this idea somehow. And, and, and I don't know where when it started or where it creeped. But, it's, but, but there's two sides of the spectrum. There's one side, there, there, there's one side that, that, that I heard talk growing up that said, you know, that we had to walk around and we had to beat ourselves. You know, we had to beat ourselves into submission for the kingdom of God. Because if we didn't do all of that stuff, then God just wasn't going to love us. And God wasn't going to be faithful. And then somehow or another, we went to the other side of the spectrum. And we said, you know, well, if you... If you if, if you, uh, if you have, if you are in difficulties, and if you're in trials in your life, and if you, and if you, and if you're having a hard time, and you can't pay your bills, and, and and you're sick all the time, and those different types of things, then evidently, then you don't have enough faith, and God hasn't made, and so because you don't have enough faith, God can't be faithful to you. Both of those things are wrong. The fact of the matter is, can we just stick to the book? And the book says that his love for his people endures forever. And his faithfulness is going to continue through all generations. Basically what that means, he's faithful today. When I wake up in the morning, he's going to be faithful in the morning. He was faithful yesterday. Because the Bible says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to tell you tonight, you may be worn out. You may be beat down. You may be discouraged. You may feel like nothing's going right in your life. You may even feel like a failure. But I'm here tonight to tell you... Whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, you can trust God because He is faithful. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. God doesn't decide to be faithful on a whim. He doesn't determine His faithfulness based on what you have done. His faithfulness rests on who He is. And can I just stop right here and can I just tell you right now. My salvation, my security and my salvation does not rest in anything that I have done. It rests in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And when His blood has been applied to my life, I have been sealed, the Bible says, unto the day of redemption. And the Spirit has sealed me. And I tell you, 
version of the scripture and I'm almost done the scripture just says that I will never leave you nor forsake you because here's the thing he starts off by saying be content you gotta be content that's the issue that's the issue is that most of us are not content. We're dissatisfied. We're not happy. Even though the scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We're not happy. And he says, don't think that you should need anything else. But be content with where you're at. Because I said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Paul understood it when he was in a Philippian jail. And he, would, and he was in a jail cell and he wrote the book of Philippians while he was sitting in a jail cell. And in Philippians chapter 4, he would write and he would say, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known that only the Lord is at hand. Be anxious, be careful. Don't worry about anything. But in all things, my prayer and supplication, let your request be made unknown to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and minds on Him. And then He says, Finally, brother, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And then He goes on and He talks about contentment. And here's the thing. Are you ready? I'm getting ready. I, I listen, this is what I love about teaching the Word of God. It is, is because I, 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 I love to challenge. I really do. Because there's a scripture that we quote often that most people in churches all over the world really don't know the meaning behind it. Paul writes, and he says, I've learned what it means to have a lot. I've learned, I've been in times when I haven't had anything. So let's just contemporize that for just a second. Paul was saying, I know what I know what good times are like, and I know what bad times are like. He says, But this is what I've learned. I know, I have learned that in whatsoever state I am in. To be content. And then he quotes the scripture. For I can do all things. Through Christ. Christ. That strengthens me. Yes. We have made that into a fancy meme that we throw on Facebook. To say. You know if I want to become a doctor. I can become a doctor. Because I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. If I, if I want to run that marathon, I can run that marathon even though you know, even though that I haven't exercised in, in six and a half years and 
and I can't put and I can't put the whoppers down. But I'm gonna run that marathon because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's taking that verse out of context. Because what Paul is actually saying there is he's saying, I know what it's like in the good times. I know what it's like in the bad times. I know what it's like when it feels like the blessings of God are pouring over me. And I know what it's like when it feels like that God is a million miles away. As a matter of fact, Paul would write in Corinthians and he would say, there are even times that I have prayed to God. God, take this from me. And God would say, my grace is sufficient for my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And he says, so I've learned to be content because I can do all of that through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. Because he understood church. Give me two minutes and I'm going to finish this up. He understood that help and faithfulness was not in anything else but the Lord. He understood that. He understood that. And at some point, the church is living God has to get back to that point. Where we understand that everything else can get better or it can fall apart. But that's not where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker, the ruler of heaven and of earth. And I have learned that no matter what situation that I'm in, God is going to be faithful. And if he can be faithful to the people in the Bible, he can be faithful today. He's no less faithful to you. God always is faithful. God always will be faithful. God always has been faithful. Psalm, he is fully reliable. God's faithfulness never falters. It never fails. It never wanes. He is trustworthy. He can be counted on. He is entirely dependable. When we fail you, when we disappoint you, when people and family disappoint you, know this. When trials come your way and the enemy tries to tell you that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care about you, know this. God is faithful. The psalmist writes in Psalms 130 and verse 5 in the New Living Translation, he says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I am counting on Him. I have put my hope in His Word. I've got to understand. The church has got to understand. He is the one that is faithful in everything that we experience and everything that we go through. He said, I will never leave you. I will not. I will not. I will not. 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. He is with you all the way, even unto the end. And I want to tell you tonight, I tell you, I know that this, this is not something new. This is not some divine revelation. But I have just felt impressed for the past two days from God that we needed to be reminded one more time of the faithfulness of God. Because it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. God is faithful. If you believe that, why don't you stand to your feet and give the Lord praise in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God.